0: Who will win Game 7 tonight in the Garden? Will the Cavaliers be threatened at all in the Eastern Conference Finals? What does the Kawhi injury mean to the Spurs' chances against the Warriors? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, Sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B Ball Breakdown podcast. And we're also simulcast on Periscope live on a wonderful Sunday night, Mother's Day. Joined as always by Coach Dave Dufour. Dave, we have some like some games to talk about.
1: Yeah, uh, some really interesting games. We've got um, Game Six of the the Celtics Wizards to break down, and of course, uh, Game One. Of the Western Conference Finals from today, and then we're going to get to talk about Game Seven with the Wizards and Celtics tomorrow. Spoiler alert! But the Wizards won the other night, just as we predicted.
0: Yes, and we have a now we have a nothing easy baby Game Seven. Um, they did win, but it didn't look like in the first uh, three quarters that anybody wanted to win this game. It was uh, a, like a real just just a really frustrating experience. Did you feel the same way?
1: It was so ugly. It was it was so ugly. For 45 minutes, it was just terrible basketball. Uh, the offenses both looked like clogged toilets. Yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah, it sucked. But then that last three minutes made the slog of the first 45 minutes well worth it because that last three minutes was electric. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, back and forth, they kind of finally figured some things out. There were some defensive issues, though, that I know like Brad Siemens might go back and be like, what are what what happened there? Like there was a, a Morris three pointer in the left corner that I have in my mind's eye right now, where uh, Marcus Smart just actually it was a really great play where Smart though gets sucked in one pass away on his drive, but then Gortat like still was able to back screen him so he had even no chance of recovery. He went not have recover anyway, but no chance, and uh, Gortat's man couldn't get anywhere near him either. Um, that was crucial to get the everything going, and uh, those are the little things you know when you get down in the crunch time. You have to have that execution. If you don't, then you ain't gonna win. Like one of those plays for three minutes ago could decide the game.
1: Well, you know, just just to kind of compare, you know, what the Celt- how the Celtics broke down to how the Wizards really took the game. You know, John Wall, like it might have been the next play down. I, I don't know. It's it's been a long day, but it, <laughs> it might have been the next play down. But he blocked a, a three pointer from the corner. So you know, like they gave up a three at one end. And then they had a, a wide open what looked like a wide open three blocked in the other corner. And so next thing you know, there's a six-point swing, right? Like so um the the Wizards made plays when they needed them. And, you know, the the Celtics didn't make enough plays. I mean, as evidenced by the final score, right? Yeah. Uh Al Horford with the luckiest bank shot I've ever seen in my life. So lucky. And and but he, you know, he made the shot. And then the the Wizards come down and you know. I, we've been kind of singing Scotty Brooks praises for most of this season. I actually, I need to criticize him a little bit. First of all, John wall should have played the entire fourth quarter. I, I mean, he sat for the first couple of minutes and it was bad. Any minutes that John wall sitting are, are bad minutes for the wizards. He needs to be playing 44 minutes a night. They got to sneak him rest when they can, but he needs to be in there, especially in crunch time. And and for them, crunch time in that game started the minute, the fourth quarter started. Right. Um, uh, but that that sideline out of bounds to to you know basically the, on the game winner by John Wall, there was no play there. Right. John Wall just made that happen. Uh, they were they were threatening a five second violation. John Wall streaks up the up the sideline closest to the inbounder. It's a it's a really hard pass. That's a difficult pass to make. It's a hard pass to catch. Mm-hmm. And he catches the ball and then just dribbles into a, what wound up being a wide-open three. It was beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful shot. And it was a huge shot for John Wall. But Scotty Brooks has got to do better. You know, when, well, when you're yeah. – well, well,
0: I you're, think that it, it was a good contest, though. Is, you know, I want to look at it one more time. But, right, it, it was a good – that was a tough shot. It was, it was fine. It, it was a tough shot. But, I mean,
1: you know – John John Wall elevated, got up, really really got a good look at the basket. I mean, of course, he was shooting a deep three too, so right. that kind of helped a little bit. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that they were expecting him to just take right. that three. Right. You know, that was a Sam Cassell big balls three. Yeah.
0: Double and somewhere um, other was that double check? Somebody yeah, double yeah,
1: check? That's right. yeah. Well, I don't know. It, who that is. it was it was huge and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic play by Wall. But, you know, when you're contrasting what Scotty Brooks was doing end of game, after timeouts, um, on the uh, sideline and baseline out of bounds with Brad Stevens, who might be the best after timeout, sideline and baseline out of bound, you know, play play caller in the NBA, like, Brooks has got to step it up. Yeah. He's got to put these guys in a better position to succeed.
0: Well, we'll find out because you know what happens in a game seven on the road, and that's when you really start to see the cracks um, and whether or not they can execute under pressure. Because, yeah, that last second, that last out of bounds play, right, it was an afterthought that John Walters was like, oh, I better break up and try and get the ball because nothing else was happening. Um, it's, it is weird, and you know it's strange when pro coaches kind of have that issue where all of a sudden it just doesn't look like they called anything or the players weren't prepared at this point in the season. So uh, I tweeted this out a couple times now during both games five and six where I said, I wonder what the Cavaliers are feeling watching these games. And everyone responded with the LeBron James dancing in the, in the locker room thing with his shirt off, and I think that that's right. I don't think that they're looking at this feeling at, at all worried about anything. Yeah, Le-
1: LeBron's got to be feeling pretty good, uh, you know. But we've we've said this all along: the Wizards match up way better than the Celtics with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while while the Cavs are probably going to beat whoever, um, I think they sweep the Celtics. I think that the Wizards, the Wizards, probably take a game, maybe two.
0: Right. It's going to be hard.
1: It's not going to be easy. But they're just more well suited to attack and transition. But that bench is atrocious. It's and it's. I mean, it's not going to get any better. So yeah, I, I'm sure that LeBron and the Cavs are just. You know, I, I don't even. Think, I bet they're not even watching these games.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I, would, I think, you know, LeBron is a is a basketball file. He would probably watch him, so. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're going to make of this, because it's a different series too. Like, like you know, the Wizards can struggle and not look as good against the Celtics for different reasons, and all of a sudden, they, they could, in theory, look better against the Cavs for other, you know, just, just for reasons of matchups and the way that the teams fit together. But, uh, yeah, as of now, it just doesn't feel like either the Celtics or the Wizards are really playing at their best, right? They, they, it's just wild swings across the board board Here uh, in a way that you, you'd like to see more out of those teams, you know, this late in the season. Um, yeah. Again, it, the the lack of a bench for the Wizards. With the Celtics, it's just
1: like their their play has just been so inconsistent. Particularly, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before we got started. Like Marcus Smart just sometimes makes some real boneheaded plays on yeah. the defensive end, and it's yeah. it's crazy because he's you know he's regarded as a good defender. I mean, the, the eye test says he's a good defender, but I feel like he gets like two or three moments a game where you know he's either flop, you know looking looking for an opportunity to flop, <laughs> right, and, and then blows it that way. And I mean, I guess he does it on both ends with the flopping. Like sometimes he, he it gets a little extreme. And you know, look, I'm I'm the kind of person that you know you look for every advantage you can get, and of course the referees that's a huge advantage. You know, uh, they will often call these flops, but sometimes I think that that when you're when you're searching for a flo you know, you're searching for fouls the way he does. Yeah. It it kind of does a disservice to your team. Like, you know, better to just be in good position than to try to draw draw a charge and give up like a floater. Or, you know, like like we talked about before when he when he left Morris in the corner, you know, helping one pass away. You just cannot do that.
0: Absolutely, I'm, I'm just kind of look because he was involved in the play where the uh, Celtics ran a high pick and roll with a minute 17 to go, I think, and uh, they blasted uh, Isaiah uh, into the left corner. And oh, I see. Yeah, it was Marcus Smart's Well, Smart kind of didn't go where Isaiah Thomas assumed he would go, which would have been sort of 45 degree angle, like in between him and the basket, which is kind of where you want to go. That's an easier pass to slip through a double team. And Smart kind of froze. Now. Porter comes flying out of there with another great read, and he, like probably gets a hand on that pass at the very least anyway. But uh, those are the kind of things, yeah, that you kind of, um, he. I, I don't know about Smart's like spatial awareness. I feel like sometimes he doesn't sort of, uh, the, the angles don't always are, uh, become clear to him. Uh, and that's a guy that they're relying on to really do well. But at the very least, I think out of this whole series, the Celtics should take heart because they're seeing something from Rozier, right? There's something. Rozier really, looks
1: great. Yeah. He looks really good.
0: You know, and this like, is like, like, you know, the, the most pressure filled situation he's probably been in, you know, and this will really help. And uh, Jalen Brown has had another few moments as well. So there's something to, you know, I mean, they have a, they have their hands full going into the offseason because they have so many picks and they have to deal with all this stuff that's going on with the rosters. But at least they have some cheap young guys that, you know, I feel like they could plug right in there and, and continue at least where they are now into next year.
1: Oh, certainly. And, and you know, and then they've got that Brooklyn pick, the mythical. Brooklyn pick. Who knows what they're going to do with it. But, you know, like we're already doing a post-mortem on them and, you know, Game 7 is tomorrow. Right. So who do you got? Who do you have? I'm sticking with my pick.
0: I, it's well, it's really hard to choose against the home team in a Game 7. Although I feel like that isn't, – isn't it said now that, like, the home support advantage isn't as, as strong as it used to be?
1: In this series, the home team has won every game.
0: Okay. So – you know, it's hard. I, you know, hard for me to picture. You know, the Celtics not winning that game just for the virtue of it. You know, neither of these players, I don't, as far as I could tell, have had any game seven experience, uh, right? I, I don't think so. I can't think of it off know, the top of my head. No, I mean, I'm sure that, I feel like Horford probably lost a game seven in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta, maybe right, yeah. but certainly I don't think anybody else. So that doesn't really uh, apply. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Do they? Do the Wizards ride that ride that momentum of this big win? That was sort of an ugly game that they didn't play well in, and they kind of stole it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think
1: you're reading my mind here.
0: <laughs> well, hey, I, yeah.
1: I, well, so the Wizards figured out a few things. One, you can trap a small guard. Oh yeah. Pretty easily, and they started doing that toward the end of Game Six, and, and I expect to see that, you know, that tactic deployed a little bit more and probably early. You know, try to get. Isaiah Thomas sped up, tried to get him to cough the ball up, get him out of his comfort zone. You know, um, do some things that are a little bit, you know, it's it's not normal to see that in, in you know in the NBA. You don't get a whole lot of trapping at half court and things like that. So, um, although the Cavs did have great success against uh, the Raptors with it, so uh, if the Celtics do win tomorrow, they they'll have to deal with that. But uh, I, I would expect to see some trapping early. And honestly, I I feel like it just feels. Like one of those games, where the Celtics are going to come out and just crap the bed, and I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. You know, maybe it's I'm still riding high. You know, I was I was shit talking my dog after John Wall hit that shot. Like I was fired up. Um, you know, you and I have been kind of you know leading the charge that that you know on the John Wall bandwagon, and and uh, it was just really great to see him. You know. In a clutch moment like that, get get a chance to to hit a big shot, and and so like I'm still riding that momentum. I think he will be too, and uh, yeah, I think the, I think the Wizards are going to win. And I think they're going to win by double digits.
0: Wow! All right. Well, those are bold words. I mean, I I kind of want them to win, this, so I think that it's a better series in the conference finals. And I think that if that's sure. anything, means that's what I want to see. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you know, but but yeah. we know I'm, I'm I'm bad at predictions, so. <laughs> We'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow. We'll be we'll be on it on all over that, and uh, you know it kind of reminds me of the Wizards and the fact that you know Michael Jordan played for the Wizards, and you know we I just did a video today which uh, it compared Michael Jordan to LeBron James, and uh, people are really digging it, and we have these new shirts that we we're selling that are this really cool design uh, of a Mi- of Michael and LeBron that you can order in different colors and stuff. So um, you got to make sure to check that out uh, is for sure. It'll be really cool stuff. So. Um, should we move on to the next game? Yes. Let's talk about this game. Okay, let's okay. talk
1: about it. A little bit of controversy. Just a little bit. You want to me, you go there was, right away? I do want to go there right away because it kind of took over Twitter today. Yeah, first Draymond of all,
0: should not have gotten that first tee. I, I agree.
1: I agree <laughs> with you. I, I think it was weird. You know, like um, the, the, It looked like the referee was saying that he kind of like stood over him and said something. I, I think... It seemed like Draymond was just happy to get the call. Like it, I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't standing there like the referee was, but I just feel like you know, let these guys talk a little bit. Um, just relax. Everything's fine. And yeah. um, but okay, so so for let let's I guess kind of recap the game for for people who I, I can't believe anyone would be listening to this that didn't watch it. But the the Spurs had a, a an amazing first half at both ends of the court. Kawhi Leonard was just. Insane. Um, he was hitting everything. Lamarcus Aldridge looked like an all-star again. Uh, those two guys were incredible. The Warriors, on the other hand, were doing nothing. They they didn't hit their first three-pointer until like what 19 minutes into the game or something. It, It was it was rough. It was a rough start for that team. Um, the second half was a different story. And obviously the Warriors came back, win the game. And uh, you know Kawhi goes out with the ankle injury. First, he stepped on someone's foot on the on his own bench, and kind of tweaked tweaked the ankle, and it, it looked really bad. And then he landed on Zaza Pachulia's foot. Now, there everyone knows about Bruce Bowen and you know the the sticking the foot under the jump shooter. I, this didn't seem like it was done on purpose to me. He was closing out, right? The guy's seven feet tall and weighs two hundred sixty pounds, or whatever he weighs. He's closing out on a shooter, okay? Yeah. And and he's looking away. He's following the ball with, and he takes an extra step to gather himself. You know, you would have to be some kind of ballerina, and I don't know what what's another really a ninja maybe to be coordinated enough at that size to to guess where the guy's gonna land. Right. You know, I mean, and Kawhi was fading out of bounds, too. So that's the other thing is like a lot of people keep saying, well, Kawhi was fading away. Okay, so then it makes more sense that that Zaza would be getting closer to his body to defend the shot. Right. You know, you just have to do it. And so, I mean, maybe maybe the the people that that think it was dirty just haven't played basketball recently. Yeah. Um, It forgotten. I don't know. But to me, it looked fine. Now. You don't you don't want it to happen. Like it's terrible that it happens, but it did. That play, I didn't think that it looked dirty at all. Right. It's just bad luck.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I'm on the way in here because yeah, I mean it's happened to me. I, I've had that happen where you rise up for a jump shot uh, and then the Who guys you know contest and you land on his foot. Uh, but it's it's. I would say it's virtually impossible if you're trying to be you know dirty. Like if your head is turned the other way and you're still trying to figure out where that foot is going to land. And uh, I'm choosing to believe that he did not do that, um, uh, you know, on purpose. It's just like, I I just can't, it doesn't, it's hard to look at. And you know what? We should get the video out of Bruce Bowen doing it because I think it's clear he tried to do that or whatever. Because I bet you we're going to see a lot different, uh, you know, he's probably closing out straight at him and not from the side and you're able to measure the guy up a little bit better that way, get closer, and, like, you jump early. Like, like Zaza jumped early to contest. It wasn't like he jumped really late so that he could be there, uh, you know, or, like, kind of jumped out late so that his foot would be there on time to land on it. So either way, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because Kawhi already has a balky ankle. He didn't roll it that hard on Pachulia's foot, it looked like. In the other play, I think it was just, it was
1: compounded because he when he stepped on uh David Lee's foot on yes. the bench.
0: So it's it, so in reality, like that's the only reason why this is really uh, a problem is that because it was from the game before and from David Lee's foot, right. like he just keeps doing it. And Lord knows, I know this way too well. Uh, when you once you sprain that foot and you know that ankle, it just it's it, it's cr- it's insanely um, painful after that. No matter and what. Unstable. Do. And yeah. unstable. And unstable. You know, by the way, uh, I think he must have heard it before the original injury when he stepped in, in Houston because it never looked that severe to me. But right. he reacted so violently that it had to have already been hurting him. And we know that Spurs are famous for simply not allowing anyone to know anything about their injuries unless it's right. completely obvious. Well, and so, and, and um, his, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and just yeah. I think part of this is the narrative around the Warriors, right? Everybody wants to hate the Warriors because, and I posted this, if you go to my Twitter feed, I just retweeted a video of this. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge closed out on a curry jumper and curry landed on his foot, and right. no one's calling that dirty. I, like, if Zaza, it, it, there was nothing unnatural about the way that Zaza moved. Whereas, when you go back and you watch Bruce Bowen or you watch Jalen Rose, you know, trying to get Kobe, they're sticking their foot out. Like, this was Zaza, like Zaza is just a big guy, and they can't stop the on a time. Again, I don't know that it wasn't dirty, but my, it didn't look inherently right. dirty and the idea that anyone can watch that and say well that's definitely dirty I, I just don't believe right. it so
0: well you know the only way that you can really um you know if it's dirty or not is if you're at the game and you know the best way to get to the game is if you actually use this app called SeatGeek uh because it's the best place to get tickets uh Dave have you ever used SeatGeek? I use SeatGeek all the time. I really do. Go figure. Yeah, it really is great because you get to see the vantage point from the seats and it gives you a grade whether or not it's a good value or not. And uh, if you could, you know, you spend enough money, you'll be like, you'd be right there in front of that bench. You could see whether or not, and you can hear, if, you know, if Zaza said something to him as he fell down. And it's a great way to do it. So I can't recommend SeatGeek enough. And, you know, if you use my code Bball, you can get 20 bucks off your first purchase. And so those... Courtside seats might not cost as much if you use that uh, that code of mine, bball for yeah. SeatGeek. So uh, definitely, what they're I still going to cost a lot. they're recommend... still
1: going to cost a lot. Yeah, a lot.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah but right. They'll, they'll cost an arm and a leg. But you never know. Twenty bucks will save you something, uh, half of a parking space perhaps. But yeah. uh, you know, absolutely. So don't forget that, sports fans. If you want to try it out, SeatGeek, uh, use my code bball and save some money and uh, make us all look good, friend of the of the uh, the program, SeatGeek. So. Let's talk a little bit about the, um, the Warriors and how they started, because that's what I want to talk about. Um, I, 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 and I, you, know, you know people are going to say, oh, you're just an excuse that they hadn't played for. How many days did they not, did they not play for? I, 10? They had a
1: long time off. So, uh, it, was it
0: was like hard. six days. Oh, yeah, almost a week or whatever, whatever it was, a long yeah. time. So you can pretty much guarantee they're going to be rusty no matter what. Like that was a guarantee, even though everyone's going to say, oh, it's an excuse, BS, whatever. It's kind of a fact. Like it happens too often now. Plus you throw in the fact that it's an early game, which is like this weird time. And then, of course, well, the Spurs didn't have that issue because the game started early. But the Spurs just played in a tough series with no timeout. They were, they were ready to go
1: and their um, body clock is 2 hours ahead. So for the Spurs it was like 2:30 in the afternoon, oh, which is a little bit little bit closer to a normal, you know, start time. It's it's closer. Yes. Um you know, but like LeBron complained about this in, in game 1 against Toronto. He was like, you know, it was maybe too too many days off. They didn't felt he didn't feel like they were clicking. And I I would bet that the Cavs have a similar issue when they come back. Um, To me, the first thing is like you're not as sharp, not just your shooting, but your ball movement, your passing, things like that. But but, you know, the cardio in game card like the in game action is so hard to replicate and running on a treadmill doesn't do it. You know, just out there running sprints doesn't do it. And I think Draymond looked gassed in the first half tonight.
0: Yeah. And he looked like he, you know, he just looked. He looked so out of sync, and he was throwing away passes that were so bad, live ball turnovers. I mean, it was really just. And, and the reason why I want to be brutal on Drew is because it's so out of character for the way he played now, and he almost, you know. Pulled the the whole team out of the game with like losing his uh, SHIT there. Although again, like we said, I don't think he deserved that tech. But um, he was sort of out of control and, and jumping all over the place and running around and screaming, and yelling. And he's the only guy I know that can kind of appear to be losing control and yet still like make a great pass right after that or hit a shot after that. It's some weird mojo he's got. But um, that's the thing is that like they probably won't start off again that way. Even though the defense was good and yeah, it was no, no, I mean- sound.
1: The Spurs, the Spurs defense was really good. I mean, you know, so like not to take anything away or, or we're, we're not trying to take anything away from what the Spurs did. But we're just trying to come up with why we're like the Warriors were, were missing a lot of open looks. I mean, Clay was really bad tonight. Yeah. And so but the Spurs defense was was good. But I think it was it was a combination of the two that made the the Warriors stink as bad as they did, right? Like right. And it wasn't just the Spurs' defense, and it wasn't just the long layoff, or, or you know them being out of sync. It was the combination of the two. It was kind of a perfect storm.
0: Yeah. And although, here's the other thing that's interesting is that we've talked about the, the low post split. I've done videos, we do vines, all the stuff, all the time. And you can picture it. Steph Curry dribbles the ball the wing, throws it to Draymond in the low post, or it could be KD. And then he goes into the screen near the elbow uh, or like near the break uh, at the three point line for Clay, who comes around. And they split off of that, and one guy backdoors, one guy flares. So you get a whole lot of action off of that. It makes it very difficult to guard. And I don't think I saw it very much at all in the first half. You know what else we didn't see? What?
1: You know what else we didn't see? We didn't see any pick and roll
0: at all. Or pick and roll,
1: yeah. And and then second half comes around and you start getting these – I mean, you know, Steph has a huge second quarter. KD was, I mean, incredible in that second half. And uh, a lot of it was coming off pick and roll.
0: Yeah. Well, but here's what's frustrating is that it shouldn't take you into halftime – to adjust to that. That should be a game plan that's already set up. So I don't know what happened there when they were getting prepared uh, for the game. Like, they could have scripted the first 10 possessions and had it all set up. And, like, it just was very uncharacteristic as well from the coaching standpoint. Uh, And very, very strange. I could not follow that. Now, I know that it got out of hand early. Maybe that's why Ian Clark got no run. But they were having trouble scoring. I would think throw him in there, give him some energy, get some cutting. Maybe he gets hot because the other guys weren't. Yeah. Um, it was a very strange thing, and then suddenly they, you know. And by the way, you know, in the halftime, you saw right who was there. Steve Kerr, right? So <laughs> Steve Kerr is in the in the locker room now, and supposed to be out of the arena, watching the game and giving him his notes and telling the guys. And it made a bit right. It something happened in that locker room that changed the entire tenor of the game in the third quarter before Kawhi got hurt.
1: Yeah. It, well. All right. So the other thing, like that, that kind of bugged me. But now, in hindsight, you know, knowing that Iguodala was hurt. We didn't get to see. I mean, we they have the best lineup in basketball, and we didn't even get to see it. Like it was like zero minutes in the first half, you know. Yeah. And I think that toying around, playing these cute, you know, lineups like the, the rotational stuff that they were doing tonight. Like David West was bad. Okay, so get him out of there, right? Like you just it's the playoffs and it's the conference finals, and you don't have time to be cute. Play your best players. You know, there was a long time there where Steph and and uh, KD were both out. They were both out. The, the Warriors were rolling with, with both of them in. They were rolling with one of the guys in. And then they were both out, and it just started to fall yeah. apart again. And look, there is there is no excuse. There's just no excuse to not have one of those two guys on the court at all times. Clay is better with both of those guys on the court. I mean, the way I would stagger it is I would, I would actually have it so that, you know, K D is the guy who's running those second units. Yes. And not trying to play Livingston, Iguadala, Draymond, Clay, and David West.
0: I'm sorry, that's just that's that's not gonna cut it. No, yeah, they, they had some weird lineups out there that were really troubling. And, you know, what's interesting is that so Clay was 2 for 11 in 39 minutes um, out there, and 1 for 3 from 3. He wasn't getting a lot of shots, and he wasn't hitting them either, and he looked terrible. Um, but that said, I, I did detect, you know, in that last down the stretch when they got a couple rebounds in a row, and you can picture maybe uh, – so Steph gets an offensive rebound. Has Clay Thompson wide open on top and said skips it to KD – who I think misses it, and then it gets, finally, it goes back to, 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 to Curry, who then gets the three. I think that was a
1: sequence. That was the possession that he got two offensive rebounds.
0: Yes, right. And and basically, you know, I was really glad to see that Clay cheered when Curry hit that three because it was clear in my mind that he completely said, no, nah, I'm not going to give it to you. And, you know, shooters don't like that at all. No. Uh but you know, I think Clay also realized it too. He probably was like, "Dude, I'm terrible today. It's okay. Don't you know? I'm gonna, you know, I'm sure you guys ought to be out there for you." But by the way, it was great to see the next possession. They ran him off of a pin down. He got open for three. Didn't take. Didn't take it because again, Clay was already a little bit uh, gun shy. Drives and then finds Draymond. Go. He's driving to his left. Finds Draymond a nice little slip pass down the, the down down low for a little layup. That was a really great play and vital. And uh, in a way that Clay was able to find a way to contribute, even though he was so bad with the shooting. But that is the one thing that I think is interesting is that he seems to be the guy that doesn't quite fit all the time for some reason. You know, this year. Yeah, I mean, but you wouldn't you wouldn't think that in the regular season, right? I guess. I'm am just thinking I, out, I out loud here, like into the future, like what's going on, who who's really happy about their role and that kind of stuff, and I feel like clay might end up being that guy who who wouldn't be well the economics may take care of
1: that you know like I mean uh someone on Twitter you know was talking about how they're gonna wind up trading clay and getting like Anthony Davis or someone like that <laughs> and I mean that would be like yeah oh man people people would be pretty pissed at that so
0: yeah that would be well that, well, that would be weird I, don't, I mean that'd be interesting to portray but nonetheless So anyway, so we have a lot of things going on here and it really is sad that we are going to get deprived of, you know, a game two at least with Kawhi. And I suppose he's going to try and come back for game three and the miracle of modern science might allow him to actually be good because he looked, he looked unstoppable when he was in there. Really. They had no answer for him.
1: And well, so I I think that a lot of people are anxiously awaiting the results of this MRI. you know, it, it's, it's always, I don't know if you know, anybody listening has ever had a severe ankle injury. They are really, really difficult to come back from. I mean, you know, you're talking like a year later. And I, I know, like, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. You know, we're used to this timetable where it's like, oh, a guy sprains an ankle, he's out two weeks. Well, he may only miss two weeks, but that injury is six months to a year of recovery if you ever recover. You know, there are a lot of people who they get they get like a third degree ankle sprain, and it's just their ankle is going to be screwed forever,
0: and, yeah, and you know yeah, you I never think, you, know. you never get that stability back. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, now I mean, at least when we, when I was growing up, so that was certainly the case. We didn't have these really cool uh, ways to rehab and strengthen that that joint again. So now, and they also they have you know a lot of uh, advanced techniques of getting swelling out of there and all that stuff. His only concern is did he tear any ligaments in there or what not? Because that's the the real fear if it's really severe. But it didn't look like that. It looks like he just you know I bet you the medically they're going to say well he didn't really. Uh, do any more damage you just you know you increase the swelling you increase the pain uh and that's what how much can you take and how much you know what can you do to get over that
1: well so what really concerned me was the second time he went down when he yeah. went down in the heap he, he actually grabs higher up closer to his knee right yeah. so like uh, uh you know it obviously is is a different it, it's like a, a i think it's a more severe injury than what he started with i mean i think that he not only re-aggravated something, I think he may be more injured. Okay. Um, you know, a high ankle sprain, like, I, I mean, I've had one black and blue up to my knees, so.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not a doctor, but we play one on Twitter. That's
1: right, that's so we'll right, us awesome. and everybody
0: else. Yes, so we'll see what happens, I guess, tomorrow. But then, then again, you know, the Spurs will never tell us. I feel like we're not going to get any very clear details of what's going on. We'll see. Uh, but it's really sad because you know they steal this one. And by the way, if he could have just played like another minute and a half, then I bet you the Spurs still win. They kind of hold on and, and, and at least at least get that, and then they know that they got. They probably sit Kawhi then anyway. But well, he's he's injured because they got what they came for, one win. And then you know it's a different complexion now though. You're right? If he if he can't come back till game three, they're probably going to be down at least two zero. If he's if he's only fifty percent, then that's like three zero, and then it's over.
1: Yeah, you know, but I, I bet if you asked Pop, he would say that you know, even without Kawhi, they still need to be able to hold a lead, you know, a 20, a twenty five point lead. Like you still need to be able to hold it.
0: Yeah. So, and they almost did. I mean, Simmons had a, had a really good play. Uh, you know, they 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 showed some stuff like that. They were they they were doing okay. Um, you know, and I like what they have. Dejounte Murray had some moments where he looked pretty good. Anthony Simmons,
1: where he looked too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and Simmons certainly didn't look intimidated. But he was he was ready to own that. I really
1: think that those Paul Gasol minutes in the in the fourth quarter really killed him. And I and I just again, and I, it, this is it's time to drink. If you're playing the beatball Breakdown Coach Dave podcast game, it's time to drink. Dwayne Dedman needs to get some minutes. I just cannot understand it when they needed a rebound. On a free throw. Get Dwayne Dedman in there. He's seven feet tall and he's a freak athlete. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Again,
0: I don't know what he has done, but he, right. there is something happening. Yes, uh, I agree. And Powell got screwed like three times. Not even screwed, he screwed himself. He screwed the pooch three times in a row. Uh, where, like, uh, a couple were like, it was a, a pick and roll. He doesn't jump out. I and mean, he's so slow as it is that you, you have to be, like, a ten, 10 seconds ahead of the game then. And he doesn't jump out. Curry gets a three. Then on the other side of the court, another pick and roll. And, like, even they're calling timeout. He's still holding his hand up to say, to say to, like, Coach Pop, look, I was contesting. I was contesting. But, dude, you were about, like, seven feet away from when Curry pulled. You know, then maybe after the ball was halfway to the basket, you kind of got near his hand to contest it. So, Um, yeah, you can't have Powell play any fourth quarter minutes. It's, it's a, it was a mistake. You're right. Like, that was a big mistake on Pop's part. Um, yet he keeps doing it.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, David Lee running the small ball lineups. Like, I don't know. Um, Aldrich was bad down the stretch. He had a couple
0: turnovers, man.
1: A lot has been said about him continuing. He was shooting. Yeah. Um, the thing is that the baseline spin move is is there for him a lot. You know, they they don't the, the warriors don't really bring help from the baseline that often. Right. You know, they yeah. usually dig down from the wing. And so, you know, you got to think that that he should stop settling for some of these fadeaways, especially when they're not falling. I think he was like 2 of 7 on fadeaways tonight. And I know that's what he made a living on before, but if he's got a knee injury, like like we like we've suspected and and the way he looks, um that makes the the fadeaway less reliable, you know, like you need to get some lift to, to be able to hit that fadeaway. It's part of why Kawhi's fadeaway is so incredible. So yeah, I don't know. There, there was some stuff. I mean, the Spurs still should have won this game and, and the Warriors have to feel lucky that, you know, that Kawhi got hurt and that they were still able to come back even with Kawhi out. So, um, you know, both can be true, right? Like the Spurs were good and they were lucky.
0: Yeah. I mean, and there, there are things you can do to switch those weak side, uh, uh, screens Now, normally though, if you can get backdoor cuts, but they were very good on those switches and they weren't going until they got tagged and, uh, and they were in good position. Generally, there's decent pressure on the ball to make it harder, but that's an adjustment I would suspect that the Warriors will overcome. I think that they're going to be able to find more of those backdoor cuts. Um, and they're, if they are doing the right way. And I'm sure they're going to... They're, they're, well, the only question left is, do you want to keep Powell in the game longer? Like, you don't attack him early, so that Pop thinks, oh, okay, everything's okay. And then you get him when you need him, like in the fourth quarter, which is kind of what happened. Um, but either way, you know, if that's the case or not the case, whatever, they're going to go after Powell even more, and he's going to get... Le- I mean, I, w- I want to kind of check how many minutes he had, because it was, you know, uh, five too many, but... Let's see here. You're right, because if Pau Gasol plays, he played 16 minutes. He really can play 12. Yeah. You know, he had five yeah. points, five fouls, two rebounds, one assist, what steal block. You know, he wasn't really doing much for them at all. Um, so if he goes to the bench and, you know, or that goes to 12 minutes, who gets those extra minutes? I mean, Dedman got a DMP. It's, it's, uh, it, I guess it's going to be David Lee.
1: Yeah, uh, and and that's not great either, although he was plus 15 tonight. Not good, Paul. Um, No, he, he yeah. was good. David Lee was getting yeah.
0: rebounds. He was active. He he d- was not hurting them uh, at all. In fact, look, yeah, plus fifteen. He was he was very good for them. So uh, that's what I'm sure Pop's gonna look at him and be like, hmm, I think you know, I think we're gonna have to sip, put Paul uh, on the bench a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, and and we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk again about Manu Ginobili and oh. how credible he's been.
0: He deserves I, the game ball. I wanted to give him a game ball. Had they won it, like it would have been because he, what he did.
1: Yeah, it, I don't know how he's doing it. it. It's it's insane that he's playing at this level, at this point in this season. Yeah, at his age, it, it, like he he's got to come back for another year, right? Like we're at that point, right? Wow,
0: maybe I don't know. He
1: well, has Let's to take come a couple
0: back. questions while we're here to finish off our show here. Hey, I think he has uh, because I don't yeah, want let's to get do it, to it, it. Too late, but. Throw some, throw a question out there on uh, Periscope. Let's see what we have here, and we'll answer one. So, um, as we talk a little bit more about Manu, but yeah, Manu, uh, Manu could probably use a little bit of uh, Harry's razors as well because he could shave that dome and make it look really nice and really smooth. And That's I mean, right. What what uh, what promo code would he use? That there? would be Harrys.com/slash Coach Nick, and he'd get the uh, free sample uh, with five razors and shaving gel. But he he actually needs the one for the head, which there exists, so that one he can get too. Is Manu a Hall of Famer? I mean, it's the first ballads, first minute he's, he's uh, uh, yeah, available. Yeah, yeah.
1: They should actually change the rules and get him in there, you know, the day after he retires.
0: Yes. Does JaVale have a place in this series? Yes, he does. I mean, he, I, Zaza I, is really frustrating. you know, bad. And it's just because JaVale comes out and is not really focused uh, that they don't give him another run. He got five minutes, though. I, JaVale needs to get ten minutes just to see what which JaVale is going to show up. Right? Right. Yeah, he was minus 11 in those five minutes, though. So he was out there during the worst part. Um, Which team has the most at stake in Tuesday's draft lottery? It's a great question.
1: Which team has what? I'm sorry. Has the most at stake. I, I, you broke up for me.
0: Oh, no problem. Which team has the most at stake for Tuesday's uh, probably draft the lottery? La- Lakers?
1: Probably the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, because what they have the third they're not top record? three, they, Yeah, and if, if so, if someone wins the lottery... They they lose their pick,
0: yeah, yeah. So they, I would say them for sure. Uh, it would be you know it would all the tanking for the last three years would almost be for naught because they got you know they got a couple picks so they, they're in decent shape. But I think all signs were pointing like this was the draft they wanted. And uh, I, you know, is it going to happen? I doubt it, right? Because that's not how the way the league works, right, Dave?
1: Yeah, well, they don't have envelopes anymore, so <laughs> all right, <laughs> they can't they can't hook them up.
0: Right. Well, this brings us to the end of uh, another wonderful podcast and Periscope live show. Fantastic questions. We'll try and get to them on Twitter. If you want to hit us up there, uh, Dave at Coach Dave Do Four with the number four, and I'm always there at uh, B-Ball Breakdown. And don't forget to check out my video I did today, LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Um, plus, we've got these new we got merch that you'll see on that video. Uh, we're selling T-shirts, awesome design with both LeBron and Michael on it. So, um, thank you for joining us, Dave. Uh, thank you for coming on and offering some awesome insights. We had a, This is a great show tonight. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're conversation. You win. You win, Dave?
1: All the time.